You pick up your Bible and wonder, is there more here than meets the eye? Is there something here for me? I mean, it's just words printed on paper, right? Well, it may look like just print on a page, but it's more than ink. Join us for the next half hour as we explore God's Word together, as we learn how to explore it on our own, as we ask God to meet us there in its pages. Welcome to More Than Ink. Hey, so what are you hungry for? Ooh, chocolate. Always chocolate. Oh, chocolate's pretty chocolate good. Chocolate fixes everything. Yeah, well, a close second for me is pizza. I think pizza, pepperoni, Ooh, oh, that goes okay. a long way. Now I want pizza. It makes me wonder about our appetites, though. Are we, are we hungry Ooh. for the right things? Hmm. You mean, oh, you mean what are we really hungry for? What should we be hungry for? What's our soul hungry for? Hi, this is Jim. And this is Dorothy. And this is More Than Ink. And we're glad that you've come back with us. You know, our intention here is that you would, you yourself, figure out how you can study the Bible and glean uh, great stuff from it like we do, because God is really intent on engaging your mind and giving you an understanding about how life works and how life works with Him. So today we're talking about something fundamental to us that you would think you'd never have to talk about, and that's hunger. Hunger? I mean, I'm just naturally hungry for, there's things I'm hungry for all the time, but like when I wake up at the morning, in the morning, I wake up hungry. So why should we talk about hunger yeah, in the Bible? I don't wake up hungry. I have to wake up the rest of me first. Yeah, but, that's right. But we're designed to get hungry every yeah. so often because our bodies need physical replenishment. And you wouldn't think that this is actually a problem in our lives in, in terms of hunger hmm. because it's something that's just very naturally a part of our experience. So we're not talking about going to the Bible to figure out how to get a Big Mac when you're hungry <laughs> you know, about how to satisfy those appetites. But we do need to talk before we get into this about the fact that there is there is a differentiation when we talk about hunger between wants and needs. There's a difference between hunger, genuine physical hunger, and appetite. And appetite, exactly. Because I'm a person who struggled with food addiction all my life. And so I have done a whole lot of thinking about the difference between appetite, the kind of the lust for eating, uh, as opposed to the actual physical need for replacing the, the cells that have been used up in my body. Right, right. <laughs> right. that's a necessary. It's very important distinction there. And we talked about this last time that God has built us to be frequently needy. Right. And so this by is design. one of those, by design. And it's supposed to give us a clue about something bigger in terms of, well, we'll tell you later. Yeah, so the real question <laughs> we're dealing with is what are you hungry for? Right, right. Well, and can you develop a hunger or are you just kind of the slave of your appetites? Right. So so those are, those are issues we're going to talk about today because that actually is, that's the problem with hunger. The problem isn't that you are hungry. The problem is that maybe you're hungry for the wrong mm -hmm. thing. And appetite can be trained. Exactly. And yeah. that's, I think, where we, because that requires applying discipline. And boy, who likes discipline? Right. And not only discipline, but it also points to the fact that maybe I need to be hungry for things that are more necessary mm. to me than what I think I need. And I might not, my stomach might not growl for those things, but right. those are things that, whose stomach growls for kale, <laughs> right? But, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but right. You, need, you need what's in it. 
Right. So we're talking about developing an appetite. This is like on top of what you naturally experience in appetites. We're talking about maybe maybe my appetite is not developed enough to sustain my spiritual life. Mm. So we're talking about a cultivated taste. Exactly. Exactly. And we know, we know you can do that because you know you can do that with foods. You can cultivate a taste for certain foods. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about a spiritual domain. And God God is saying to us, <clears throat> excuse me again he's saying to us that maybe we're not hungry for the things that really mm. we are we don't know are most necessary for us and mm-hmm. we need to so for instance i mean we we broached this slightly um before about how we need to hunger for things that are important and uh and so that's what we're going to talk about today and probably the best way to illustrate what we're talking about because this is probably all sounds kind of fuzzy right now <laughs> what, are you, I don't know. what are you talking about spiritual hunger and developed appetites and whoa, what is all, all that? uh i i think should we go to deuteronomy right sure. now okay sure. let's go to deuteronomy because everybody knows the story everybody knows the israelites were in the wilderness for 40 years Wanted right for even 40 years non-believers even non-bible readers know that at least from the movies when the desert where there's no water there's right. no food right well, it, the story actually has a little more finesse in it than that. But but that uh, kind of lines up at the natural level of appetites. And we're going to go past that. And right. God's going past that. But that's what God was driving at. Yeah. So uh, let me read to you from Deuteronomy. I love this passage. And, and just in case you don't know, Deuteronomy is the sermon, the collection of sermons that Moses gave at the end of his life, just before the Israelites entered into the promised land. And so he was kind of recounting for them their own history for this new generation that had grown up in the wilderness. Yeah, because they're going in the promised land and they're saying, so what was that all about? Right. And remember, they were out there long enough that the generation that left Egypt all died. Right. And so these are the ones who have grown up in the wilderness. These guys have grown up eating manna every day of their lives. Manna, 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 manna. So let me just read to you from Deuteronomy 8. And I'm only going to read verses 2 and 3. But now listen and see what's here that's familiar. Moses says, And you shall remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these 40 years. Ah, here's his purpose. That he might humble you testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you be hungry. And he fed you with manna, which you didn't know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. So what was he teaching what them? What does that mean? He said, I'll, I took you out here and I let you get physically hungry so you would recognize your dependence on me, not just for your daily bread, which we talked about a little bit last right, time, right. but that you would know that what you really need to live is this relationship with me. Are you living by everything that I have to say to you? Because that's life. Jesus said, my words are spirit and life. And so when he said that, he was, I think, hearkening back to the experience of the Israelites in in the wilderness. Yeah, but let's, let's take that apart a little bit more. Okay. So they're out in the wilderness and there's no food. I mean, there's no food in the desert. Right. <laughs> There's no water either. And we're not going to talk about that. So there's no food in the desert. So in, in what way is not having food and then having God provide this miraculous food? What does that have to do with the words that come from the mouth of the Lord? I mean, he's just providing them food, food, right? Well, he said, now I told you I'll provide your needs. And I told you, gather it every day. Now you can read this account in Exodus. Right, uh, right. Uh, just read it in Exodus. Go to Exodus. <laughs> 
That's what Exodus I is about. I told you, I'll give it every day. Gather as much as you need, and but don't gather it on the Sabbath day, because the day before, I'll give you twice as much as you need. And so the test really was about what was in their hearts. Were they going to believe that there God go. was sufficient to do what he had told them he would do? Because like, if I don't collect tomorrow's food, right. how do I know God's going to provide tomorrow. it? Right. So, and yeah. the Lord said, now I'm, I'm testing you to know, do you have an obedient heart? Do you believe me when I tell you something that right. I will provide for you? I'll give you enough. And so this idea of God being God's word being the provision for what we really need gets uh, developed by Jesus, actually, in John 6, when he's talking about, right. I am the bread of life. I am all that you need. Come to me and eat. Come to me and drink. You'll never be hungry. Yeah, because in John 6, he actually references what we were just reading in Deuteronomy 8 about the whole issue with the manna and trusting God that he's, God's promise is going to be good for food for tomorrow. And we know that in the wilderness, the Israelites were constantly grumbling. Well, we want to go back to Egypt because we had leeks and melons and cucumbers. And we had all this stuff that we have an appetite for that tastes good. And we don't but have But they here. overlooked that they were slaves Right? right. All they remembered was that that stuff tasted good and felt good to eat. So the question God was asking them is, can you learn to define your need according to what I'm providing for you? Because I am your good father. Exactly. I am the Lord who brought you out of slavery and I'm going to give you what's good. Will you accept that what I'm giving you is good and it's what you need? And to are, sustain you, are you willing to trust the fact that when I say I will feed you tomorrow, I will feed you tomorrow? I will. Or are you going to be tempted to go out and just you know, pick two weeks of man and put it in your fridge. And God had built the the program to include the fact that you couldn't keep the man overnight. Do it. it turned right. moldy right. and nasty overnight. So when you decided not to trust God, the outcome was bad. Yeah. So what was he teaching him? He was teaching him in a very tangible, physical way that what God gives is good for today. It's exactly what you need. It's nourishing. It's satisfying. But you can't keep it for tomorrow. You got to start fresh tomorrow with what God provides you for tomorrow. So let's stick right. with today, right? Because God, God could have designed the whole program so that He gave, you know, He might have said, "Okay, the day after is Sabbath, for instance, go outside and you can pick a whole week of food, maybe two weeks of food, and just store it." You know, here's how you store it: you dig a hole in the sand where it's cooler. And he could, He could have gone through that entire thing, but instead, He says, "Look, you are daily needy, and I will be daily the solution." To your need exactly are you willing to trust me for your daily needs or are you going to lay down with your head on the pillow and have anxiety like we talked about mm -hmm. in the last program and say where's tomorrow's food going to come from well there's a god who promised he'd give you food so what's the deal and will you trust that the food i give you is enough is enough because that right. also was the lesson of manna it says uh, right. in exodus who who gathered much had no lack and he who didn't gather a whole lot had enough had enough yeah. It was enough for the day for each individual's needs. Yeah. So that really was the test. Will you believe me that what I am providing for you is enough for you? Right. And that right. leads us into a whole question about how do I define my needs? Which brings us back to hunger because hunger is based on needs. Right. Yeah. Hunger, genuine hunger as opposed to appetite. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, is about needs. And so this is where we have to separate, you know, the, the appetite of wants from the appetite of needs. 
And when it, and it comes to needs, we have to also broaden that from just physical needs to spiritual needs mm-hmm. and, and developing an appetite for something that feeds me more fundamentally than even manna or bread does. What feeds me more fundamentally? What do I fundamentally need more every day that maybe I don't have a hunger for? Mm-hmm. And, and th- this is the problem with hunger, not that we're not responding to our natural appetites, but maybe we don't have a hunger for the things that are more essential than bread itself. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the really big deal. I mean, that's what, that's what Jesus was talking about in John 6, because he calls himself the bread of life. Right. And bread is, the, bread is kind of a metaphor for the essential food. I mean, if you have bread, you can live for a long time. But he says, but I'm that bread. I am that bread. Maybe what you need to hunger for is not bread bread, but the me bread that Jesus talked about. So, yeah, he, he said actually that he was the reality behind the image of the manna. He says, I'm the true yeah. bread that came down out of heaven so that you can eat me and live. And that's one of the things that wrinkled up their mind so badly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, because as listeners at the time, they were very familiar with Deuteronomy 8. And they, they knew that they knew that the, the lesson from Deuteronomy 8 is that God allowed you to be hungry so that you'll know that you don't live by bread alone, but by every word that right. comes from the mouth of the Lord. Right. So that's the that's the lesson. And Jesus says, and I am that lesson. And I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Is that John 6? Yeah. yeah. So okay. he's taking the imagery of the manna and saying, you know what? That all was a picture. Now those were real people in a real time and place eating real stuff. He said, it all was pointing to me. I am the living word of God that you need to sustain your eternal life. Yeah. Because, because life, ongoing life is what we're talking about. Right. And that's true. That's true with bread too. I mean, we're talking about the necessity of your physical needs. You got to have bread. You have to have something to eat or else you just sort of expire. <laughs> right. So the question we keep circling around here is what are you really hungry for? What is our real need? What is the hunger of your heart? And what what's what's the essential need for life? Right. That you might not have a hunger for. Because if God's not giving me what I physically need or what I think I physically need, what I have an appetite for, then how faith, you know, calls God's character into question. Okay, is right. God's letting me be hungry? Right. Right, right. Well, can I Based on what I know about the character of God, can I learn to ask, which is my greater need to have lunch today or to know what it feels like to have a growling stomach? Yeah. And maybe my growling stomach is trying to tell me something about a deeper need. Right. When, right. And that's, that's why he allowed them to be hungry. Exactly. We are designed <laughs> to get hungry yeah. as a trigger to understand our our real need that we need to feed on God and on His Word daily in a in and a life sustaining way that might be more essential nutrient to us than bread itself. Right. In fact, just to go back to our last show, we were in, in Matthew six about not being anxious, and he was he was chiding him for always being anxious about where they're going to get their next meal, <laughs> right. where they're going to get the next food, I'm, <laughs> just like the Israelites. Just like the Israelites, <laughs> so where's it going to come from? And at the end of that, he caps it off with a phrase that leads us right to what we're talking about here. He says, "But and, you know." Instead of seeking that stuff, this is Matthew six thirty three. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. So it's like the physical needs stuff is just meant to point you to a deeper, much more profound reality. And He's saying instead of seeking, you know, your next manner or your next 
cheeseburger. You need to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And that's more fundamental in your hunger for what will bring life than anything else. Okay, and seeking the kingdom of God means dwelling under his kingship, right? Well, what life is like in any kingdom is determined by the character of the king. What is our king like? And is he able to provide? Is he able to provide? And does he even want to? Does he want to provide? Because if if God is able and he doesn't want to, well then what kind of a king is that? He's a jerk. But yeah. but we have a king whose goodness is everlasting and his resources, you can't, can't even count them. He, exactly. He never runs out. Yeah. So we seek first his kingdom. That's our source of infinite resources because his love for us is infinite in that sense. Don't forget he's involved in your life. And living under his faithful reign. And under his faith, even right now, even if it's not visible, even if it looks like you're living in a wasteland that way, Mm -hmm. he still provides for you. He understands how to provide for you. He understands you have daily needs. But then, but then the hunger we're talking about here is maybe I need to hunger for, for something like like righteousness, which is the goodness of God manifests, you know, in us, the goodness, generosity, and love. I mean, all the things that we just tend to love. And, and, you know, it turns out that Jesus actually says that he says, your hunger is messed up. And he says it at the outset of the Sermon on the Mount. I mean, like right at the beginning, those Beatitudes. And he, and he says a really curious phrase, which, which brings us right to the center of what we're talking about here. Matthew five, six, he says, blessed are those who hunger. There it is who hunger and thirst for righteousness. righteousness. Oh, for they will be satisfied. So maybe I'm not hungering after the right thing, but he says, he says, if you hunger and thirst for it like you have a daily need for bread, if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you'll be satisfied. He'll give you more than you can eat basically. Maybe that's my real hunger. Maybe that should be my real hunger that brings me to real life is righteousness itself. Okay, so the question then is righteousness is what when we're talking about righteousness we're talking about the character of god the character of god God says is good and right and sound not necessarily what we have an appetite for and i think we're seeing this in our culture right now this this angry outplaying of a of a craving for righteousness according to our own standards standards, instead of according to god's yeah and, you know, when you talk about hungering after righteousness, which is a very strange phrase for us, it's like, <laughs> what? I don't get that at all. But, you know, if you think about the fact that there was really only one, one person who was righteous, righteous, who was absolutely righteous, and that's Jesus well, himself. Jesus said that to that well, young you know, man. When I, Why well, do you call me good? There's exactly. only one who's good. Exactly. So, when, you know, when I first started reading the Bible, I spotted Jesus in the Gospels. And in reading more and more about Jesus, I developed more and more of a hunger to see who this Jesus was. And, you know, you see his actions demonstrated and he's healing a leper and he's speaking really wise. I mean, there's all these things. And I developed a hunger for that, that righteousness. And what he's saying is that that righteousness actually fulfills a fundamental nutrition need of yours in a spiritual sense than food itself will for your need for carbohydrates. So there's the righteousness of God, hunger and thirst for righteousness, and you'll be satisfied, which is, I I love that we always go past that second half of it. It doesn't say hunger and thirst for righteousness, so go out there and work on it and find out what to do. (laughs) He doesn't say that. He says, if you hunger and thirst for that, like the Israelites in the desert hungered and thirsted, God filled them Mm -hmm. by promise. And he says, if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, 
you'll be satisfied, which means you'll have more than you need to actually serve. Okay, but where did they learn that? Where did God teach them that lesson? Was in the wilderness. The wilderness. He took them out there (laughs) away from everything that was familiar, everything that was easy, everything that was comfortable or sweet, so that he could teach them by slowly taking away all those other things that he is out they need. And uh, I have learned this personally. I really didn't know that God is all I need until he was all I had. Right. Now that's a story for another day. That's a... But but that really is... That's a truism for a lot of people. That is the overarching story of, mm-hmm. of the discipline of God, right? Hebrews 12 talks about the discipline of God, how he disciplines those he loves to yield in them the peaceful fruit of righteousness, right? The character right. of God worked out in us. Are we hungry to be like the one who made us and who calls us his children and has adopted us through Jesus? Right. Are we hungry to be like him? That's the hunger for righteousness. Or to be near him. Yeah, and you know, we, we have... We have uh, metaphors I'll call them in our current experience I mean there's people that you love people that people that are extremely good friends your best friends and stuff like that where when you spend time with them or you yearn for them you hunger for them there's something that's that's deeply met inside of you in terms of a need like 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 bread satisfies a physical need out of hunger there's something about relationship is what I'm trying Mm -hmm. to say with other people that's very nourishing and very needy and you know we're recording this during a time when we're kind of shut down we don't see people as much as we'd like to and we'd like to give them hugs and we can't there's a hunger right there well if you if you know what I'm talking about when you talk about that level of hunger hunger for relationship now magnify that by like a gazillion times and God's saying your hunger for relationship with people is just a small indicator of your real your real need for relationship with me what are we really hungry for is love is significance is relational intimacy right we were created for that and that's the bread of life for us that's relationship with god that brings something that nourishes something in us that until we come and meet Christ, we don't even know we have a hunger for. Mm-hmm. And then when we see Christ, we realize we have a hunger for that. And so as you as you continue on in your Christian life, you, God continues to build this appetite for him mm-hmm. in all you do. So that at the end of everything, you suddenly realize, oh my gosh, you know, I could have had a pizza that week. But what I really needed, <laughs> what I really needed was to be near to God because that fed something I never knew was there. Okay, so that brings me to, uh, I want to come back to Philippians 4, which we talked about in our last show, because Paul says, I'm not speaking from want. I'm starting here in Philippians 4.11, because I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means. I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. So Paul's saying there were times in his journey, in his ministry, in his life, when he didn't have enough physically to eat. When he didn't right, have a good tough. place to sleep. And he yeah. makes those lists actually in Second Corinthians yeah, six us. and Second Corinthians nine, <laughs> he just pull, pulls no punches and right. says, These are all the things I have endured for the sake of Christ, because he is knowing him is worth so much more than yeah, all how of can that. You, how can you be content when the situation goes so right. south? But he says, I have learned those things. I have brought right. those into my experience. How? By walking through them. God 
even allowed Paul to walk through that wilderness of hardship. He allowed him to be hungry. Where he learned contentment in the love and the purpose of God for him. Uh, And boy, that opens this whole idea also of living with his physical infirmity, his thorn in the flesh. Maybe Mm -hmm. we should have another conversation about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Because right now we're talking about God providing our daily needs if we're seeking him. Yeah. And being able to define our daily needs according to what God has provided rather than the other way around. Right. If I don't have it, God must think I don't need it. That's a different kind of content. That is a whole yeah. different mindset than saying, God, where's my sandwich coming from today? My I need that. You told me yeah. I would need that. Well, yeah. you know, in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus said, you know, give us this day our daily bread. That's actually literally our needful bread. Our needful Father, bread. give me yeah. what I need today. Is my greatest need today to have a full tummy? Or is my greatest need today to know dependence on you? Right. Right. And so as we're coming close to the end, I think that's that's what the word challenges on. You know, we start off with talking about, you know, how, how can I have a problem with hunger? Well, you have a problem with hunger because maybe you're hungering after the wrong mm-hmm. things. Maybe you realize, uh, you know, like you read those labels on the side of cereal boxes about, you know, what's inside this cereal, you know, and you look at does this does this satisfy 100 percent of my daily need? Well, expand that to like the spiritual case. Is what I'm consuming on a spiritual level Mm -hmm. satisfying 100% of my daily need? And God says, hello, I'm your daily need. I, you know, you need to have a hunger for me. I let you be hungry so you'd realize that there's more going on here than just being hungry for food. Mm -hmm. You need to be hungry for me. And I'm enough for that. And I'm enough for that. I am enough. And, and you'll be satisfied if that's where you set your hungers. He says, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you'll be satisfied because the source of that is God himself in nearness to and us. And he never runs out. And he never runs out. Right. So if you don't have a developed hunger for that, don't despair. <laughs> but, but go to God and say, God, I, I want to develop that kind of hunger for you. I want to come to understand more and more that what I really need in my daily need is not what my tummy tells me I need, but it's actually you yourself. And I'm convinced that God in his faithfulness will come back to you and begin to develop in you an appetite for him. And, you know, for the two of us who've been walking with the Lord for like 50 years, that that's an appetite that's grown over time. And he's faithful to satisfy that appetite. And as we feed on what's good and nourishing and right and satisfying, we will begin to cultivate an appetite for that. Right. It begins to taste good. Exactly. Exactly. And then in every situation, you're content. We are content. Well, we are out of time. So I hope you join us next time and hope that you develop a hunger for God. This is Jim. And this is Dorothy. On More Than Me. Bye. More Than Ink is a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City and is solely responsible for its content. To contact us with your questions or comments, just go to our website, morethaninc.org. Jesus said, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away.